1: This week's episode of The Fade Route with IMD. We've got a great show for you tonight. The Lightning look to even things up with their nemesis, the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Kenny Atkinson turns down the Charlotte job. And Joe Rush, Rush joins us on the in-route. But we'll begin today's show with the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry. So much to talk about today. They win their fourth title in eight years. The Warriors finished off the Boston Celtics in six games in Boston. Steph Curry was named MVP and was very emotional after the final whistle blew. Now that Curry has won his fourth NBA title, which championship run was the most impressive to you, Z?
0: Well... This one was a, an emotional one and I can understand why Steph would get emotional. He's a couple years removed from injury. Clay is a couple year a couple years removed from injury. Like you are less of a roster than you have been in a very long time. So this one may be sweet. But for me, I like to think that the first one is going to be the best, you know? a sweep of the Pelicans, you know, going 4 to, th- beating the Grizz 4-2, beating the Rockets 4-1, to one, and then knocking off the Cavs, right? Anytime you can knock off LeBron and the Cavs, you're in a good spot. So for me, the come, like the rise, is always more interesting because then at some point, You go from the favorite, you go from the hero, you turn to the villain. And that's what I think was the Kevin Durant years, right? I like to think of it like that, like where you have where you have guys coming to want to play with you and you officially become an embarrassment of riches. So for me, because you're looking at the roster, right? It's Leandro Barbosa, Harrison Barnes, Andrew Bogut, Steph, Festus Ezeli, Draymond Green, Justin Howard, Holl- Andre Iguodala, like, David Lee, Sean Livingston. Like These are like journeymen, workmen at that point. They're not superstars. So to have something like even this year, you had Andrew Wiggins, right? You had a former number one pick. You had additional players that provided a little bit more to you. So, for me, the first one is definitely going to be looked most fondly upon.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I think the first three were probably the most fun right Mm. because I mean the first one was such like a run and gun it was a new thing they were shooting threes they weren't even playing in the second half of some games they weren't even playing in the fourth quarter Phil Jackson famously came on and said you know this is sustainable during a regular season but this is not sustainable during a playoff they went into the playoffs and they met up with the Cavs when they met up with that Cavs team the Cavs team got hurt Kyrie Irving was out Kevin Love was out. It turned out it turned out to be the LeBron James and J.R. Smith show. Then they had two years with Kevin Durant. You had the, one of the best players in the league joining a team that already won a championship. So while those were fun, I mean, I'm not going to say they were easy, but there to me there wasn't a lot of pressure there. You know, they, they they were gonna win those games, and they had to win those games. This one, to me, was the most impressive. And this one to mm. me. Was was like, you know, they they two years ago they were they were not even invited to the bubble. I think they had like 15 wins, and then last year they were a playing team. And then you have Clay was hurt for two years, Steph was hurt, Draymond was hurt. You know, and it looked pretty bleak. Uh, so to me, this this was the most impressive.
0: And That's fair. I mean, you definitely, this one's impressive from kind of like that grizzled gunslinger. Like if we're going to like take this to like a movie, right? They're like the aging gunslinger that needs to know that they can still do it as opposed to, you know, a team like the Boston Celtics, young and gun, young guns, not particularly battle tested in the playoffs. You know, this is the farthest they've ever been. And, you know, what can you really expect? And it ended up being a scenario where the Boston Celtics ran out of gas because they couldn't find that extra gear that the Warriors knew they had in reserve because they've been there before. So I think that's something that, you know, speaks highly. To not only the veteran leadership on this team, including Draymond Green, you know he does provide something. He provides that intangible of leadership at this point, whether you know he whether he demonstrates it on the court or not. Um, Steve Kerr, Bob Myers, all the way across the board, right? This is a stable franchise. This is a a testament to staying together cuz superstars especially superstars that come together like curry and clay they may want they may say fuck it i'd rather have my own team like i'd rather be the the head man i'd rather be the lead dog but there's an element of humility there there's an, an element of trust there right we talked about trust the process with the uh, with the sixers this really was trusting the process and that comes from the top down That comes from the GM, through Steve Kerr, through the best players, through to the role players, and this is something that, you know, they may not have, Steph and Clay may not have many years left, but it's something that they can still sustain.
1: Yeah, I think the days of Clay getting his own team are over. I think that was something that prior to his injury he he had a chance to be a guy, I think. And Draymond Draymond's style of play is specific to what the Warriors do. Mm -hmm. And you know, we talked about this in the past. I don't really for I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. He's definitely a talented basketball player and he's a very, very good defender probably an elite defender but his skill set doesn't work on a a utah jazz his skill set doesn't work on a denver nuggets team his skill set works because he has probably two of the best five shooters in the league um so for me i think this was the toughest one for them um and i'm excited to see where they go from there Um, last week we talked about steph curry becoming a top 10 guard of all time but has he now entered the mount rushmore of san francisco athletics and to further say, to talk even more about that like who's on the rushmore mount rushmore of boston i mean that's title town that's really tough and then Who would be on the Mount Rushmore of New York? I mean... That's even harder. That's even harder. And I only bring this up because I got into an argument with a guy regarding the Boston one a couple days ago in a bar. He doesn't have Tom Brady on the Mount Rushmore. It's like, what? He's got Ted Williams. The the guy I was talking to in the bar, he's got got Ted Williams, Bobby Orr, Larry Bird, and Bill Russell. And I was like, okay, listen, I get it. Ted Williams all-time great you know um you can't write the record you can't write the history book of major league baseball without ted williams probably the one of the best hitters of all time however (laughs) mr williams never won a championship so tom didn't win one he didn't win two He didn't win three. He won a lot more than that. So Tom gets there. Tom Brady gets on the Mount Rushmore for me, for Boston, followed by Bobby Orr, Larry Bird, and Bill Russell.
0: Mm, Interesting.
1: And then for me, for San Francisco, I've got Joe Montana, Willie Mays, Jerry Rice, and now Steph Curry. And then for New York... I've got Lawrence Taylor, Mark Messier, Joe DiMaggio, and Babe Ruth. I mean, that's that's what I got.
0: All solid choices, and you know, it's very interesting. We'll start. We'll go from West with, to yeah, East. we'll, we'll go start. To West yeah,
1: East. start with San Francisco because that's really you know, did, does Steph Curry enter that Mount Rushmore of athletes in San Francisco?
0: He's knocking on the door.
1: I'll give you that one. He's
0: knocking on the door. Now, are you... When you consider... Where did Bill Russell go to college?
1: I guess he went to San Francisco. University
0: of San Francisco Dines. So, he started his run of excellence at the University of San Francisco. So, if you are limiting... If you're limiting to just professional... Like, I'm going to take Bill Russell off because of, you know... Collegiate, amateur, the whole thing, but that leaves you with Joe Montana. Okay, I'm with you. Willie Mays, I'm with you. Barry Bonds. I'm surprised you didn't put Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds is tricky. He's yeah, tricky. it's. But tr- his best, it, his best years were in San Francisco. He, but we know why.
1: He's a little controversial, just a little,
0: <laughs> just a touch, <laughs> a skosh, a tad.
1: There's just some things we're not too sure about, Mister Bonds. He,
0: he <laughs> bloated, his head grew, like all sorts of things. There, but you
1: know, there are it, some rumors. I don't know. There's some rumors out there. He may have been using a foreign substance.
0: Absolutely. You know, at least two that I know of. But you know, I, if you look just at the numbers, like he's up there. But there was yeah, a
1: small. There was a small report published. Very tiny report. <laughs> his name was in it
0: a few times there's a book Game of Shadows like you know if you ever if you ever heard of Balco he wasn't the guy from Perfect Strangers um but uh, Jerry Rice is up there and then you know so that's 3 now if you have the Controversy of Bonds and then you have Bill Russell whether it's the amateur versus pro Steph Curry's right there so if you're if you're going to eliminate those two candidates for whatever reason Curry kind of sneaks in as your number four at that point, in my opinion. So
1: for so for you, Barry and Bill over Steph.
0: I would say I would say Bill over Barry because of the steroids.
1: Bill over Barry, but if if you exclude if you exclude Bill's college so would, career, Barry over Steph.
0: Correct. I would say that. I would give Barry Bonds his due. I absolutely would. Now. Am I going to catch flack from that? I don't know. Probably. But that's okay. Because, hey, it's my Mount Rushmore. I can put it on whoever I want. I, I could have put on J.T. Snow, but I'm not going to. So let's move to the east. All right, we're talking about Boston, right?
1: Tim Lincecum.
0: <laughs> the freak. That is a fantastic story about how his dad used to put the dollar down, and that's how he made him hit his spot every time because he had to pick up the dollar. Like, that's fantastic. That's great parenting and great coaching. Good job. But the Boston Mountain Rush- Rushmore is, it's a little bit more difficult, I think. Bill Russell's on there. Okay. Like, he he just keeps on going. He's, he's bi-coastal at this point. Bobby Orr, absolutely. I got Brady on there, man. I have Brady on there. He's one of the, he's a great winner. He did very, he, he did everything you needed to do. Two guys
1: from Boston arguing with me about this. So, like, are we really having this conversation right now? Is it do you watch professional football? That's what I want to ask them.
0: I think they're like, they're still-
1: it does, they just said it doesn't matter. They said it doesn't matter. It has to do with the history of baseball, the history of Boston, the history of the game. They were not moving. They didn't care how many Brady championships, MVPs, they, they were not, they were not moving. And Larry Joe Bird got on before Bill Russell if you can imagine that
0: That's Larry, amazing.
1: Yeah, Larry Joe Bird is everything. To, or was everything to these two gentlemen.
0: Well, I mean, they're entitled to their opinion, you know, but yeah. like look at look at Bill Russell and look at what he accomplished and it makes Larry Joe Bird look like an amateur.
1: I think we need to I think we're going to have to post a poll on this. I, I I'm really curious to see if the greater Boston area feels that, you know, Larry and Bill and uh, Ted Williams get on before Brady. I mean, I, I...
0: I don't know. It's a, it's it's definitely something that we'll have to put on our Twitter poll and we'll definitely take a peak seat on that, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be live after the show. But um, this is a tough one like, for that fourth Boston spot.
1: They just win too many titles down there. <laughs>
0: Clearly, I mean, you know, t- they've now become title towns. And to we've play.
1: eliminated, and we've al- and I eliminated many prolific athletes. I mean, we're talking. There's no Garnett. There's no Pierce. There's no Allen. There's no Manny. There's no Ortiz. There's no Veritek. None of the, There's there's no Bruins uh, outside of war. Like there's none of there's no Chara. There's no you know there's no Bergeron. There's none of those guys.
0: See that see for me, that's where this ends, right? Because I'm putting David Ortiz on there. Oh, right? okay. So 10-time All-Star, Hall of Famer, 3-time World Series champion, seven-time Silver Slugger, former World Series MVP, former ALCS MVP, named in the Mitchell report, but never tested positive afterwards. So you do not you you don't have as bad of a cloud, right? Barry Bonds had the cloud of suspicion; never had the cloud of actual proof. Same thing with, I mean, Dave Ortiz after the Mitchell report—squeaky clean by comparison. And he was a prolific Boston Red Sox. And you know, call me crazy, but you know, like Ted Williams is great. But for me, the the winning is the tiebreaker. And no Pedro. And nope, no, no Pedro. No, no, no. I'm not going with Pedro. Just no Curt Schilling. No shit. Fuck Curt Schilling. No. <laughs> but no Roger Clemens.
1: No yeah, Roger Clemens. that makes sense. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. So for me, like, you had to you had to have won something. You had to have won something. And that brings it to New York. <laughs> Dude. Wait, wait. New York so, was, what,
1: so what's your four guys in Boston?
0: I've got Russell, Ortiz, Brady, and Bobby Orr.
1: Okay, yeah. Because Bobby Orr has to.
0: He's got to be on there. He absolutely has to be on there. Now, the New York Mount Rushmore, this was so hard. This was so hard, right? Because if winning, winning has to be the end all and be all, right? Because we're looking at you play to win the game. Like, it's the whole point of the the exercise, right? It's the best of the best. It's the elite. Obviously, it's Babe Ruth, right? Babe Ruth is obviously on this list. Like, he saved baseball, Never mind revitalized the Yankees. The man saved Major League Baseball and took it, from, took it from fledgling activity to national pastime. Then there's Marc Messier. One championship. All but what a championship it was. Like Sam Rosen said, this one will last a lifetime. It'll have to last a lifetime at this point like the man guaranteed victory and delivered a hat trick. Like, you know, you do not have to buy a drink, a meal, a suit, a movie ticket in New York ever again. You broke the night you broke a 54 year curse, which is why I find it preposterous that David Ortiz or one of the 2004 Red Sox was not on that list for for these gentlemen from Boston. So, I find that very interesting but that's two giants this was difficult for football if it's just about winning then it's between LT and Eli but what takes me over the top for LT was that he was a you know he was a prolific linebacker and Eli was very good like Eli was good enough to get you in the position to get you to and win those super bowls but If you look at the overall picture, Eli is a 500 quarterback, but he retired at 500. LT was feared. LT was a monster. He was a disruptor. And that last spot, right? You can argue Mickey Mantle. You can argue Joe DiMaggio. You can argue Lou Gehrig. You can even argue Derek Jeter. I know that you're not the biggest. I know you're not the Jeter fan. But, you know, there is room for maneuvering on that one. And, and you know what? You know who doesn't get me love? Yogi Berra. I mean, he's got 10 rings, man. 10 rings. That, 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 doesn't, that doesn't wow you. That doesn't woo you in any way. Former MVP. Yeah. No, it oh, does. Yeah. It does.
1: <laughs> I mean, to, to think he was the MVP on probably one of the best teams ever assembled, if you think about that.
0: So I'm going to go with Yogi, like Yogi Here, Yogi's a great that. winner, he's a fantastic winner. So two Yankees, a Ranger and a Giant, they are the, that for me that's the be-all end-all of New York sports. We love youth sports. Not only do they get the kids out and active, but they promote teamwork, sportsmanship, friendship and fair play. One of the Fade Route's favorite youth sport partners is Asning AYSO Soccer. Their mission is to develop and deliver quality, player-centered youth soccer programs that promote a fun, fair, family environment where everyone is welcome and everyone plays. If you have a child between ages 4 and 18, registration for Fall 2022-Spring 2023 season is open to sign up or to volunteer as a coach or referee, go to ayso201.org today. The more volunteers, the more children can enjoy the AYSO soccer experience. Go to ayso201.org today for more information or to sign up. Ayso201.org. More soccer for more kids.
1: You know, we were talking so much about Town in Boston. <laughs> The Celtics and Jason Tatum seemed to run out of gas in Game 6. They had no answer for Steph Curry, throwing Al Hawford on Curry at times, hoping to slow him down. Where do the Celtics go from here? Earlier in the season, we said they should have blew it all up. But can they get back to the NBA Finals in a stacked Eastern Conference, or did they miss their
0: chance? I mean, as long as, as, long as they're building around... These two guys, right? Your Tatum and your Brown. They have a shot to get back. Now, it's what you do around them because they finished 20 games over 500 this year, right? After we criticized Stevens and Udoka for not knowing what the hell they were doing, um, for the most part, you have a young group of guys. You know, they could certainly get back here. You you need help. You need a point guard. Like, Marcus Smart is a good defensive player. I don't know if he's an everyday point guard. I don't know if he's a starting point guard. You need a rim protector. You need somebody down low. You need a Draymond Green. Okay? You need somebody who's going to get down and dirty.
1: You're, You're trying need, to say they could use him?
0: I'm saying they need somebody down and dirty. Somebody who's willing to, to to muck it up. Like, Al Horford was trying to be that guy. You know? Al Horford's also, like, 38 years old. So, you know, you need some guys that are willing to get ugly, willing to get dirty. It can't always be, you know, pretty basketball. It can't always be highlight real basketball. When you get to the playoffs, you got to be willing to get physical. You got to be willing to get in there and fight for that extra rebound. You got to get in there. You got to fight for positioning because the other team, they're good too and they're gonna you're gonna have to go through that and i don't know if this team had like you know the the, the phrase de jour is they have some dog in them i don't know if this team had enough dog in them marcus smart did, but marcus smart is not enough dog in order to you know overcome the other side so they definitely they need more I'm interested to see if there's a reunion with a certain Mercurial point guard, which is possible. know it's not. He um, will
1: not be welcome back
0: there at all. He's not going to be welcome much of anywhere. <laughs> and gonna, we're going to get to him later. We're going to get to him be- later. I yeah. Mean, but they need yeah. more. They need more.
1: Yeah. Um. I agree with you on the point guard situation. Is they need a true point guard. Um. I think there's two different ways they can go here and I'm being very supportive of the Boston Celtics and saying that they can become the 1991 Chicago Bulls or they could become the 1989 Detroit Pistons I do believe they can go upside in both directions Will Tatum learn from this bulk up, condition better and close out games I think he had over a 100 turnovers in the, just, in the just in the playoffs yeah and he just would disappear in the fourth quarter. I truly believe he has skill and attributes that are on par with Kobe Bryant. He could be that guy, but he's got to put the work in, put the time in, and become a killer. He's not a killer. He needs to become a killer. Um, or the other route they can go down is go get a true point guard. Like, how about John Wall? How about giving the Houston Rockets a call and seeing what that's going to take? imagine 6'7 John Wall in that lineup. I think that does wonders for the Boston Celtics. Um, I know he's older and he's often hurt, but I, I think I think that's where I would look to go next. I think the Celtics are still contenders. The East is tough, but they can do it.
0: They definitely, it's possible. But, I mean, if you're looking at free agent point guards, right? If we're going to try and throw money at the problem, I don't really. I don't think you're gonna like what you see, to be honest with you. So you're looking at guys like Ricky Rubio, who's gonna be 32. You're no, gonna have yeah. Gonna Patty Mills who's gonna be 34. No, it's not gonna work. Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. Um, Colin Sexton, but they but Cleveland holds his bird rights.
1: Sure. Schroeder's sure competent. Um. Dame 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 just score. Russell, Wilson, Russell, Russell Westbrook is definitely got the answer. Chris Fall Paul is a bum.
0: Um, Jalen Brunson. Yeah.
1: Oh. Well, yeah, you might,
0: yeah. Dallas owns his bird rights, though. That
1: could work. That could work. They're not just going to give him up. He's very good.
0: Okay. Well, um, you can also throw money at a, tw- at a 30-year-old Gary Payton II. If you like what you saw on the other side of the bench. Yeah,
1: I don't know if he's a starter, though. I don't know if he can really run the point for a whole game. Um, Yeah, they got to figure some things out. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto really care about what's under your hood but one of the things everyone seems to be trying to figure out is is uh kevin durant's legacy the warriors win has brought into question the career and legacy of kevin durant like we knew it would the warriors win a title with harrison barnes and small forward they win two with kevin durant and now they have one with Andrew Wiggins. Does the win diminish Kevin Durant's championships? And what Kevin? Durant, what does Kevin Durant need to do to move forward?
0: Well, it totally diminishes what Kevin Durant did there. It absolutely it because you won with Harrison Barnes as your starter. You mentioned that, but then you also had Andrew Wiggins, right? You didn't need thirty-eight and six you needed a complimentary player. So that definitely kind of dims the shine on Kevin Durant a little bit. And that's not even taking into account what he did elsewhere, right? That, that didn't take into account the monumental dumpster fire that Brooklyn has become. And I'm not saying that all that is his doing because he showed up to play, right? Most of the time. What happened with... Steve Nash, what happened with Kyrie Irving, what happened with James Harden, a lot of that wasn't in his control, but a lot of that, some of that was in control, because like he, he was calling the shots. Now, what does he need to do moving forward? He needs to get over this big three thing, and get back to playing basketball. Now, put friendships aside, go Get a point guard get a point guard who's gonna play. Build, build an actual team. Cause the Nets were on to something before they went star chasing, right? You had you had Dinwiddie, you had LeVert, you had you you had players, you had a core, you had Kenny Atkinson. Yes, Kenny Atkinson is nothing to write home about as coach. We know that now, but for that group, Kenny Atkinson was vital he was necessary because they, these kids needed to be taught and he's a teacher at heart so at the end of the day i think kevin durant needs to get back to the basics of being a team player on a basketball team and bring they need to bring in guys that you know are going to be complementary to where they actually can form a team and not get bounced early on, not get swept, never mind bounced. They got swept by the Boston Celtics.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Kevin Durant went to a team that already won a championship and led them to two championships. I I, want to see Kevin Durant lead the Brooklyn Nets to a championship. That's basically what I think needs to happen. And you know what? It would be even better if he beats the, the Golden State Warriors then I can laud all over him that's what I need to see I get that he drove the bus or at least was 1A 1B on that bus when the Golden State Warriors won those championships but they didn't they didn't need him they would have done it without him most likely so you know like I say I give a lot of credit to LeBron who left Bosh and Wade and went to Cleveland and won with Kyrie and Kevin Love then he went to LA and he was able to, he was able to win with AD in the bubble. But if Kevin Durant goes to Cleveland with Kyrie and Kevin Love, do they beat the Warriors? I don't think so. And we saw LeBron beat Durant at Kevin Durant in his three in in uh, LeBron's first championship. He beat Harden, Westbrook. And Kevin Durant. So, to me, I think Kevin Durant yeah, Kevin Kevin Durant has this idea that he has, has, doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. He's 100% right. He does it. But for the most part, when I look at him, he joined a team that had won a championship. And then he helped them win two championships. And now, you know, moving on to Kevin Durant's partner in crime, Kyrie Irving. Contract extensions have not on his place. Kyrie is starting to look into other suitors. Could you see Kyrie going to the Clippers, Lakers, or the Knicks? Or do do you think he ultimately stays with the Nets?
0: The only way that the Lakers and Nets will work out a deal is, is if it's for Westbrook. Westbrook for Irving straight up. Oh, could you imagine? Like, that's the, the only way it works out financially. Oh.
1: Like Kevin Durant would just put Durant's his head... Durant's head would explode. <laughs> what did I do? What did I do if I left of Golden State Warriors for this?
0: Right. He, he, you know... The the Lakers can absorb this, but... they're gonna The, the Nets are going to take back... They're going to take something back significant. And they're not giving up Anthony Davis, and they're not going to give up LeBron James, right? They're not LeBron. going to... They're, LeBron is not going in the other direction. So, that leaves you with Russell Westbrook. And, you know, does LeBron necessarily want to get the band back together with Kyrie Irving? I don't think so, at this point in his life. But, you know, it's possible. It's it's within the realm of financial possibility. Now, with the Clippers do doing, uh, the Clippers are a very Thoroughly disappointing team. (laughs) And when they were at their best, they had a point guard. Granted, I know you're not a fan of his, but he was the, uh, the point guard was running the show. So they definitely could bring Kyrie in, and he can kind of make this, you know, kind of be a rudder for that. The Knicks should not touch him. So, be Ty,
1: so Ty Lu would be coaching Kyrie,
0: Paul George, I, yeah.
1: Paul George Kyrie, and Kevin Durant, and um, Kawhi Leonard.
0: Yeah. Now, another thing I would like to see is Kawhi Leonard coexist in a locker room with Kyrie Irving. Like, Kawhi Leonard is like the ultimate silent assassin, right? <laughs> he cares about basketball and it's just like, basketball, eat, breathe, sleep basketball. The moment that Kyrie has one of these you know, mental health day type things or, you know, he's going to you know, take an extended leave of absence from the team I would love to see Kyrie, uh, Kawhi Leonard's reaction to that you know, because I, I don't know right? he's he's a singularly focused individual we saw that in Toronto we saw it in San Antonio we're seeing it out in LA, I, I don't know how that would I don't know how that would work for Ky, uh, Kyrie and Kawhi, but the Knicks should not touch them. I know the Knicks have room. I know that it's you know no, just no no no. You're building uh- you're building a, a young nucleus. You can do better. Kyrie Irving.
1: I think it's fine because I don't think he wants to go to the Knicks anyway. I don't think he wants to play there. I mean, they pretty much had their choice of going to the Knicks or the Nets. They chose the Nets. I just think you are gonna you get into a situation where, you know, if you... You know, if you wind up... If you wind up trading Kyrie, you're going to have to trade Kevin Durant. He's not... I don't think he's going to play in Brooklyn without Kyrie Irving. Because I don't think they can beat anybody without. He needs at least two superstars. I mean, you yeah. know this already.
0: Yeah. Um, Unless you're doing something absolutely wacky and you're like dealing Kyrie to Orlando for like the number one pick or something like something like crazy out there.
1: He's not. He's not going to participate in that. I don't think. I don't think he's going to play in. He's not going to go play wherever you trade him. Let's be real. Not unless he decides where he goes, he'll just retire. Like that's who he is. Like so I think I think it's a sticky situation and it'll be interesting to see how it it plays out. But one of the things you're talking about is you're talking about possibly trading him to Orlando because Orlando has the number one pick for tomorrow night's NBA draft. And they're still mulling their options. There's no clear cut. Choice here. This will be the fourth time the magics are the magic are selecting number one and they have a great track history with taking shaq penny hardaway and dwight howard over the last 30 years whose all three players subsequently led them to the nba finals uh so how do you think the magic are going to approach the number one pick tomorrow night
0: Who do they take and will this guy bring them to the NBA Finals? I mean, if we're looking at the roster, right, you have both Wagners, you have Jalen Suggs, you have Terrence Ross, you have Robin Lopez, you have Markel Fultz, a former number one pick in his own right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cole Anthony, Mo Bamba. This is not. (laughs) This is. This is. I'm Mo Mo Bamba. Mo' Bamba, Yep, Mo Bamba from Texas. Seven feet two thirty-one. That's not gonna be good anytime soon. So I, I don't know. I think you possibly you put some feelers out there and this guy, whoever you take, whether it's Holmgren Smith or Bancaro, I'm not gonna go as far as say Jaden and because that's gonna be like when Anthony Bennett got picked number one and Bill Simmons was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so he literally said, "What the fuck?" On um, he uh, he mouthed it on on air. But um, yeah, any of those three, I, I don't see them as necessarily being impact players. Like immediately, like this team needs way more than this guy to be an immediate contender. Now maybe there's a team that's enamored with one of these guys and is willing to move up and you know you pull a little denver broncos on them you, you kind of ga- gauge their interest and kind of flutter around and flirt about with some of these guys and, and uh, see who blinks first as far as giving you the haul you want for this pick but if you're going to keep them if you're going to keep the pick <sighs> i would say probably the safest bet is going to be bancaro in my opinion wow. I would say go. I would say go, Bankero. But if you're going, if you want to shoot for the moon, go with Smith. Like I think, like Smith lost a little bit down the stretch when when it got to crunch time, probably because he was the best player on the team and he had to. He really had to shoulder a lot of that responsibility. But I think that the player that's going to be the best all-around player is if they keep the pick is going to be Paolo Bankero.
1: Yeah, I think. Uh, I think Chet Holmgren gives them the best chance of keeping the tradition going. I think Jabari Smith has a chance to be the next Kevin Durant, but I'm not sure the magic can, can develop him right. Where Chet Holmgren, he's got the height, he can shoot, he's got he's got some real talent, and he's, he's young. He's still got to grow, he's still got to develop. So I can see him being a piece, but... You're right. I mean, it's not close to a completed product. They're going to need at least two or three more players, especially
0: in the Middle East. Absolutely, and you know, who's to say they can't find a team that wants to unload a superstar, right? And that could be the catalyst because they're firmly, Orlando is firmly in the in the rebuild, right? And they've from they've firmly been in the rebuild pretty much ever since Dwight Howard left. So you know, do you package some of these guys and, I don't know, like, try and pry Damian Lillard out of Portland? Or do you try and, you know, do you you try something to kind of shake up this roster and bring in a veteran presence? Because a lot of these guys, they're just, they're so young. And even if they did do something, you know, the oldest player on this team is Terrence Ross. He's 31. So, maybe do you do you reach out for you know, a veteran presence, somebody who's been there, done that, who can teach these guys how to win, who can get them to the next level, and then you take it from there. I, I, I don't know, I mean, I, I can't get into the mindset of the Orlando Magic because it's been so dire for so long and if you're willing to shake it up a little bit, you can accelerate the process a little bit, but I don't know if they could stomach that. But, speaking of stomaching, Kenny Atkinson, he decided he couldn't really stomach being the head coach of the Charlotte Hornets. After winning the NBA title, Kenny Atkinson verbally agreed to be the head coach of the Charlotte Hornets, agreeing to a four-year deal. But now, after winning the title, he's staying with Golden State. He's reneging on this verbal contract. Now, is this a big deal, a little deal, or a no deal?
1: Ah, uh, I think it's no deal. I mean, why wouldn't he want to stay with the Warriors? They just won the championship. Seems like a no-brainer to me. I mean, Charlotte's a job. It's a, it's not that attractive, especially if you think the Warriors are going to be back there and could possibly win it again. And guess what? The Charlotte job going to be vacant in a year or two again, anyway. So Kenny <laughs> Atkinson will get another shot if he, you know, if he if he doesn't want to join up this time.
0: What did I say to you in the production meeting regarding Kenny Atkinson and Steve Kerr?
1: Pass the hot dog?
0: (laughs) Effectively, yes. I believe I said baton, but yes, hot dog. But, uh, you know, who's to say there isn't a succession plan in place here? That, you know, Steve Kerr may not want to do this forever. And Kenny Atkinson has coaching experience already. And who's to say that they won't, you know, keep it in his capable hands? Uh, cuz they already lost Mike Brown. He's going to be the head coach of the Sacramento Kings and A you know official lamb. Right, basically like good job. Congratulations to Mike Brown, but like how long are you going to be there? Hopefully hopefully you're there longer than it takes for the ink to dry on that contract. But you know, you're now the lead assistant if you weren't already. So that's a little bit more attractive to stay and maybe he's privy to something that we don't know but if you're looking for candidates for the Charlotte Hornet job Mike D'Antoni apparently is the number one guy and we said you know go ahead and hire D'Antoni but who's going to coach defense <laughs> like cuz they're going to you know they'll run they'll run and gun They will absolutely run up.
1: Mike, Mike, and Tony leave the D
0: out. Pretty much, we saw that with the Knicks. We saw that with the Rockets. We saw that with the Suns. Like defense is a polite suggestion. It's not required. So it, it really makes you wonder, like who is going to be that guy and who, who wants to work for Michael Jordan at this point? Like I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. You know, let it be Mike D'Antoni. He's got enough cred. He's got enough... I mean, he has enough gravitas on his name that, you know, he could probably even get it a year or two. I, I mean, they never... They really never should have fired Steve Clifford. <laughs> like, uh, if we really want to be honest here, Clifford had them on a winning trajectory, and they just they fired him. And they've been trying to... They've been chasing that ever since. They, they're chasing stability which they had, but they shot themselves in the foot.
1: Are you in need of air care, maintenance, or service? I have the company for you, Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling, maintenance, and service needs. Just give them a call at 914 315 Fifteen forty-seven. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at Technicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that D&Z sent you.
0: And speaking of shooting themselves in the foot, the avalanche were in... The Catbird Seat up to none to Tampa Bay again, as per usual. And Tampa Bay responded after the seven-nothing beatdown. They have responded in kind, blowing the doors off in Game Three, beating the Avalanche 6-2. And now they're currently up two to one in the third period, with 18:48 left in the third period. They looked like they were in serious trouble. They were outscored 11-3. to three. They looked slow. Colorado looked like they had the jump. And they were poised to sweep. But are the Lightning still in trouble? Or are they about to tie this up and, and flex some muscle on the abs?
1: You know, I was watching Game 3 and the Avalanche were talking so much shit during the breaks... You would think that this series was over. It's like, dude, you guys are down six-two and you're in Tampa, right? To the defending champions. Like, how dumb could you possibly be? So, no, I think the I think the Lightning tie this thing up. They might just go ahead and win four straight and wrap this up. Oh, they just tied the game. Uh, but they we'll see what happens.
0: We definitely will see what happens. But that is proof that. Colorado's not going down without a fight, which is great. But what I've really seen is that they've had a Colorado looked so much faster. They looked so much bigger. They looked so much faster. They play a style of defense that's collapsing. It's like it's a trapezoidal defense where they play almost like a Syracuse zone, and they dare you to try and come inside and beat them. But the good thing about this matchup is that you have guys like Stamkos, you had Kucherov, you'll have guys like Alex Kalorn. Like Kucherov. yes, Kucherov, Kucherov who took a, a pretty nasty cross check in Game Three it was a little bit of a dirty play, but you know you have guys that you know are willing to get down and dirty. Like we talked about it with the Rangers series, right? They like they can muck it up, and Patrick Maroon is the perfect example of that guys who can work their way through a defense, get in front of the net to the point where the defenseman can't clear them out. That's exactly what happened to the Rangers. They got bodies in front of the net, and the Rangers just could not clear these guys out. So you had second, third chance opportunities, even to the point where Vezina Trophy winner Igor Shosturkin, congratulations Igor, he couldn't withstand this barrage that was happening. And we'll see what Kemper or François... We'll see what they're made of. Because the Lightning are very relentless. We've seen this so many times. And every time you think that their talent level has diminished, they find a way. And John Cooper finds a way to coach up what he has. And he makes it a formidable fight. Now, am I saying this series is firmly in... In the Lightning's control? No, absolutely not. Because these two teams are very evenly matched. You know, for your Stamkos and Kucherov, I'll show, I'll see you Alandis Gog, and McKinnon. You know, you have what about Kyle,
1: Vasilevsky?
0: Vasilevsky, like Vasilevsky, we've seen and they've exploited the way the Rangers couldn't. For some, his blind spot is high blocker. If they can get it high blocker. He has difficulty stopping that shot. So if they elevate the puck, they should be able to do that. Now, Vasilevsky, when he's on, is miles better than Darcy Kemper. He's he's miles better than Pavel Frantzos. But if they can exploit that weakness, Vasilevsky becomes an ordinary goaltender. Now, what I find interesting is that Kadri is back. Now, Kadri is a, a fucking irritant. That guy is like sandpaper. He's Sean Avery, right? He's a Sean Avery type, but way more talented than Sean Avery ever was. That, that's a little bit of an X factor. Because if you can get into the Lightning's head with that type of physical grit, play to the edge, play sometimes over the edge. If you can get them kind of reacting the way that Colorado was reacting, the way the Rangers were reacting then this could be be a very long series. And I'm still sticking with Avalanche in 7, but this is is going to be the series that we hope for and not the 2-0 drubbing that we have witnessed so far. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D. and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave. From the classic OB to Dutch apple to campfire s'mores and many more. Check out their website, sweetlifebrownieco.com for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at Life Brownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's sweetlifebrownieco.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043 and tell them D&Z sent you. That's SweetLifebrownieco.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Cup, because there's always room for a brownie. It's the In Route where friends of the show get a special segment with us. Wanna be part of the action? Wanna be the newest member of the in crowd? You know what to do. Hit us up faderoutemail at gmail.com or slide in those DMs on FadeRoutePodcast on IG or hit that Twitter. Fade Route DNZ.
1: Joining us on the in route today, we have Prospect 1500 contributor and our favorite tax man, Joe Rush. Hey, Joe, thanks for calling in. Absolutely. How
0: are you guys doing? Living the dream, brother. Living the dream. <laughs> Enjoying
1: uh, the fruits of life. Um, All right, Joe, we're going to start you off with this. Earlier in the show, we discussed Kevin Durant's legacy and what the Warriors' recent championship does to the championships the Warriors won with Kevin Durant. Recently, Charles Barkley said Kevin Durant needs to win a championship on his own, but former player and new basketball analyst analyst C.J. McCollum disagrees. Who do you agree with?
2: Well, let me preface it with this. I'm a huge fan of both Kevin Durant and CJ, and I don't particularly care for Charles Barkley.
0: Katie,
2: yeah, Katie was an original Sonic, so hear me out. He's continued to show his love for Seattle, and in the absence of the Sonics, I started watching Blazers games with CJ, uh, with watching CJ and Dame, and that combo was fascinating. CJ also makes some fantastic Pinot Noirs at his winery in Oregon, which I enjoy very much. (laughs) But let me let me give you some stat lines from the 2017 NBA Finals though. 27 points nine assists eight rebounds per game and now let me give you 2018 27 and a half points per game seven assists six rebounds whose numbers are they
1: kevin durant's
2: no they're steph curry's
1: oh Ah.
2: katie won his finals mvp in both of those years and his stats were slightly better but steph curry had a case for mvp in each season and he already won a title with the warriors uh, until he wins a, a quote-unquote with his team of his own, KD's not going to be thought of in the same manner as you compare it with Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, LeBron James, Steph Curry.
1: It's interesting. It's inter- Those stats are interesting because everyone's been talking about, like, Brian Windhorst, CJ McCollum. They're like, you know, KD was driving the bus. But according to your stats, it sounds like he was sitting right next to, you know, Steph Curry, who could have been driving the bus as well.
2: Yeah, he just seeded off a little bit to KD. KD had a few more points per game. I think he was around 30, 31 in each of those. And his assists and rebounds were maybe, I think they were similar in 17 and they were a little bit better in 2018, but they weren't far apart at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, my whole thing is that, you know, they, they had already won a championship. He went to a team that won a championship and became arguably their best player or at least 1A and 1B. So, you know... Would they have won it without him? Probably, right? Uh, I I give more to um, a LeBron going to Cleveland than a Durant going to a team that already won a championship.
2: Absolutely. Hell, Giannis and Kawhi, they did it by clearly being the best player on their team in the years they won.
1: Oh, yeah. Kawhi, for sure. I mean, he went to a Raptors team that, you know really didn't get close and man they won it and they beat the warriors they know the warriors were hurt but still quite an accomplishment yeah, uh, absolutely yeah and then we have the uh we have the nba draft coming up tomorrow night the magic hold the number one pick the last three times they've had the number one pick they've struck gold We're taking franchise players that ultimately led the teams to the nba finals What are the chances they get this right for the fourth time in a row? And who do you see them taking?
2: Well, they very well could get the pick right, but that doesn't mean it's going to translate to the same success they had with the other picks. In order to to have that same success, I mean, they'd have to get back to the NBA Finals, like with Shaq and Penny and and Dwight Howard. Right. Mm -hmm. But uh, out of the three picks that are available, I mean, Jabari Smith looks to be the closest one uh, to be a sure thing. Uh, Seattle's uh, Paolo Bancaro may be the best defensive player of the group and Holmgren has the highest ceiling and lowest floor Uh, all signs point to being Smith Holmgren's the most intriguing to me because uh, pairing him with his childhood friend and fellow Zach Suggs would be fascinating
1: yeah I like I mean I like Holmgren I think he has also a lot of upside just because of his height his ability to shoot the ball I'm not saying he's going to be Dirk Nowitzki but that's the that's the comparison I can draw I mean he is he doesn't have a lot of weight to him but the league is different now there's not a center that dominates and there's the big guy in the middle It's, it's a different league now I, I do like Jabari Smith, and I know you might laugh, but I do see a comparison to a Kevin Durant. He's an athlete. He's got length. I just didn't like the way he played in the Final Four this past season, and I'm not sure if Orlando has the has the coaching down there to develop him into his, his, his best self.
2: That makes sense. But you know who else has been getting a KD comparison is uh, it's Holmgren. Yes. The way he could run the floor, and he doesn't have the bench pressing issues that KD had. He's even though he's two hundred and skinny as all hell, he's a lot stronger than KD was.
1: Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if he's going to get his bodied as much. But also, it's like you said, it's a different. It's a different league, right? I mean, the the East is stacked with Philly and Boston and. And the the Bucks, like there's there's and Brooklyn, there, there's so many teams that are competing. It's it's hard to put that much pressure on them. But regardless, Orlando should get a good shot at getting back into this. I don't I don't see either or three of those guys being a Kwame Brown, a Marcus Fultz, or um, an
2: Anthony Bennett. <laughs> yeah, and just to back up, I now understood you You were saying, uh, Holmgren initially, you weren't talking about Jabari Parker when comparing him to KD. Right, right. Yeah, okay, that's what I heard the first time, sorry. Now,
0: now Joe, what would you say to guys like me who said that, uh, who are, have been on record saying that Orlando should just deal this pick? Like, what, what would you, what would, how would you re- respond to something like that? What are they going to get for it? Mm. Now, that's the thing. Like, what is available to them? Like, would they, you know, if they're going to get like a budding superstar type player, not necessarily take on like a Kyrie Irving, but you want to get a guy who's maybe looking at a, you know, a different, you know, change of scenery type guy who's on the cusp of being a superstar. I'm not saying Zion Williamson. I'm not saying, you know, somebody of that ilk. Like if you're going to get that and maybe some picks along the way, would you consider that? Or is that something you're just going to be like, I'm just going to take best player available and keep stinking for a few more years. Because
2: of where they're at, I would say take the best player available. Anybody in the top three, I don't think should trade out because that's where the, the real talent is in the draft and the drop off happens right after that.
0: Mm.
1: Moving over to baseball, uh, Jared Kalinick started out the season on the Mariners' big league roster, but was sent down to AAA after striking out 34 times in 29 games. Recently, Seattle Mariners general manager and president of baseball operations, Jerry Dipoto said he felt Jared was trying too hard and just needed to start having fun playing the game. Do you think Jared is trying too hard or is something else going on with him?
2: Well, first of all, a lot of people in Seattle would like to hear X, X, uh... President in baseball, and the president of baseball operations. President baseball operations. Jerry. DePoto. Oh, really? Really? A, they're they're oh, upset the with him. Is, oh, after this last uh, homestand, going three and eight, they're, they're getting torched. Everybody wants heads to roll. They want uh, Depoto gone. They want service gone. Everybody's off their rocker up here.
0: Well, I mean, look at this trade alone, right? Dunn is already gone. You had you brought back Jay Bruce in that trade. You brought back Anthony Swarzak in that trade. I mean, Robinson, th- this trade was a disaster <laughs> on multiple fronts. The only thing that it did for you guys is that it got Cano off your books.
1: I'm surprised that when Diaz has turned it around, he's really started to really, he's really pitching like a stud.
0: Now, D- Diaz is definitely blooming for sure. But, I mean, Kelnick is only, what, 22? 21, 22? He's 22, and a lot of his problems
2: are mental. I mean, he's mm. super hard on himself. His bad bad at-bats have turned into bad days and then bad weeks. His approach approach has been way off. His mechanics have been all over the place. Some of his swings and misses have been ugly. Um, He's kind of turned it around in Tacoma, and and, uh, he's hitting the ball a lot harder. His OPS is up to 8.55 down there, but he's still striking out way too much, like north of 30%. Yeah. And, this,
1: and this was a guy that didn't strike out a lot. I mean, coming into the league, he really wasn't a big strikeout guy, which is which is kind of odd that he's he's gotten into this kind of bad behavior, so to speak.
2: Yeah, it, it's really miserable to watch. But again, he is just 22 years old, and I think there's plenty of time for him to turn it around now. Is it the organization? That's another question. I mean, if he's still struggling like this next year, then maybe you're, you're going to look to move him. And uh, and like many players that Seattle trades away, he'll succeed elsewhere.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, Seattle, I mean, it was a hedge. Sh- you know, you had a good thing going. And then you bring in guys like Suarez. You bring in guys like Winker. And, you know, a lot of the moves that you, Jerry DePoto made, as usual, they make you scratch your head, you know? like. I wouldn't necessarily have thought that Suarez and Winker drastically improved your team over the team that just barely, barely missed the playoffs. But transitioning well, you, yeah, you, 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 got. you had to get some some offense though. And the, the Winker just deal
2: initially looked really great. I mean, he hit like three thirty last year. He was an all star. If he would produce half, not half, but if, you know, take thirty points off his average from last year, and that's still a huge boon.
0: Yeah, but you also have to take into account, you look at Great American Ballpark versus Safeco Field, you know, definitely that's gonna play a little bit into it. And there's, you know, you never can truly, you know, you can not you can never truly totally 100% say this is bound to work. Like this was supposed to be the Robinson Cano thing. You know, Robinson Cano was supposed to have like a bounce back type deal with the Mets. And now he's what? Uh, he's in El Paso. I believe in Triple A oh, with he San still Diego. Even
2: there, <laughs> I don't know.
0: I don't know, but I think you and I, Joe, you and I can can mutually bond over the fact that Robinson Cano is the bane of our existences. So we there. There's that. So there's always there is that. And if and if
2: Edwin Diaz is closing out games in the playoffs this year, <laughs> you're going to be the one that will have the trade.
0: <laughs> there, well, you know, that that's the thing. Like, that, that's the funny thing about trades. The prospect versus reality, you never know. Like, they're lottery tickets. But speaking of lottery tickets, the Yankees seem to, you know, have a lottery ticket right now. They're pacing better than the 27 Yankees. And you wouldn't necessarily know that from this collection of players, that's for sure. They sustain long winning streaks. They have, recurrently, well, they have the MVP favorite, in Aaron Judge. So is there an American League team out there that can beat this Yankee team in a five or seven game series? First off, you know who currently holds the most wins in a season in Major League Baseball? Who would that be?
2: Mariners. The 2001 Seattle with the Mariners with 15 wins. <laughs> that team
1: was stacked, man. I went to see them play against the Mets that year. And, man, uh, Brett Boone, John Ulruz. Mm-hmm. And...
2: Edgar, Mike Cameron, Freddie Garcia. Mike and... Cameron. Oh, I love that guy.
0: And look what it got them.
2: <laughs> well, the Yankees are currently on pace to break that record by three games right now. So... Obviously, winning that many games in the regular
0: season doesn't guarantee playoff success. No, totally. So uh, as far as an American, can anybody clip them before they get to the World Series? What do you think? I think there's two
2: teams in their division that would have a shot at them with the, uh, the Blue Jays and the Red Sox. Um, I, the Yankees would still be pretty heavily favored in that. Uh, but clearly the team that would have the best shot of knocking them off is the, uh, the Astros, defending AL champs. I mean, they've beaten them before. Mm -hmm. They still have a very strong offense, strong rotation with Verlander, Framber Valdez, Luis Garcia, Jose Arquidi, and uh, they play this weekend, so we'll get to see a potential ALCS preview.
0: Well, potentially. I mean, I we know how good the Astros are. They just swept the Mets, so they definitely uh, they are still as good as advertised. But I'm surprised. I'm,
1: I'm surprised at how well Verlander has bounced back from surgery. And I'm also surprised at how well the Astros are pacing, even though Bregman's having a down year, really, only eight home runs, and he he hasn't been the dominant hitter that he's been in previous seasons.
2: But they have that playoff pedigree, and once they get there, he can just turn it on. You see that all the time.
1: And that's interesting, you know, because they also lost Correa. They lost Springer. Springer having a really good year uh, for the Blue Jays uh, now that he's
2: healthy. Uh, He's today, part of why I love the Blue Jays so much. I think that they could they could give him a little bit of a battle. Yeah,
1: they could definitely put up runs. That's for sure.
0: As good as that Astro bullpen though uh, is though, it's currently the best in the majors. But yeah, I I just don't see it with guys running out guys like Stanick and Rafael Montero. I mean, Presley as your closer is fine, but I don't know. I I just they don't scare me as they use as much as they used to but there's plenty of time they could always make some moves trade deadline that's what I was about to say who
2: who did they grab at the deadline because they they have uh, they have room they have money in their pockets
1: Baumgartner is going somewhere
0: possibly Hendricks from Chicago too if they keep floundering but um, staying with the Yankees right we're going to talk about Aaron Judge now because there's a little bit of a standoff here he's famously turned down a new deal before the season started he's betting on himself it seems to be working out so far I'd say I mean, he's uh, he's currently the the lead horse in the MVP candidacy. So, do you see the Yankees giving him the nine to ten year deal he wants, or is somebody going to come in and you know swoop in and make him the highest paid player in baseball?
2: I think as of right now, they would still be the favorites to get something done. But nine or ten years for a thirty-one year old of his size seems crazy to me. Yeah.
0: I mean, even you know, if they have a couple of opt outs in there, like if it's nine and ten years in name only.
2: Yeah, I mean, possibly because it's what I would be worried about. It's the last three or four years that could be an abomination, but if you have an opt out after seven, then you it may risk one year, maybe, and and at that point, it seems like it'd be worth it.
0: I mean, it's not, definitely. What I've been it's saying like all we,
2: afford it. Yeah, I
1: mean, what I've been saying all along is I feel like you know some teams going to come along, whether it's the Tigers or. Uh, the Royals or maybe even the Nationals if they let Soto go and and they're going to offer him stupid money and he's going to give the Yankees a chance to match so the question what? is is you know does he does he go or 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 does he not you know and I could even see him going to California the, like for instance the San Francisco Giants San Francisco Giants got money I think he would love to pit play there I think they, they those he grew are less than
2: 100 miles from there. Exactly.
1: Those are the teams that I think could sweep in and say, "You know what? We're willing to bar- We're willing to gamble on the 9 or 10 years because we don't got anything going for us right now." Um or he's 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 that piece that's going to put them over the hump. I mean, think if the Giants were able to get there the Padres. They're competing with the Dodgers. If the Tigers were to get him, they're going to sell more tickets. They're going to compete in an AL Central that is led right now by the Minnesota Twins. We all thought was dumping in the beginning of the season. <laughs> so, um, you know, I could totally see that. Um, but I agree with you. I don't I don't really I can't see the Yankees given that many years because you just don't know. What a six foot eight, two hundred and sixty-five pound man is gonna how his baseball career is gonna is get what it's gonna be in, in
0: six years. It's Whoa. funny you mentioned gamble too, because I was actually like this just popped into my mind, right? We we're talking about the Oakland A's, right? They seem to be bottoming out. We've been we've been speculating as to what they were gonna do, but if they somehow get linked up in Vegas, don't you think they would want a high caliber yeah. superstar?
1: Yeah, if they oh, had
2: absolutely. To, yeah,
1: and they'll have the but backing
2: say, to do it. Yeah. Say the Yankees win the World Series. Does that factor in the decision one way or another? Ooh.
1: See, I think it does. I think if they win the World Series, they're compelled to re sign him. If they don't win the World Series, Cash are like, ah, we didn't win the World Series with you. You're not that important. Like, we, I feel and like and we
2: need to spend this money. Or we need to spread this around. Yeah, I feel like
1: that's right. I feel like that's the mentality where. You know in in other situations and other sports you might be like well we need to bring this guy back clearly you know he's he's our missing piece where i think in the bronx it's going to be more like no you couldn't get it done you haven't been able to get it done in what the last six years yeah we're we're done (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, well, conversely, say they win it and and some team like the Texas Rangers gets ridiculous and throws 12 years at them.
1: Yeah. I mean... The then Texas,
2: then the, that might be the opposite of that.
1: The Texas Rangers have to be so disappointed in all the money they spent in this offseason and they, I think... They're close to the bottom in their division, if not at the
2: bottom currently. No, I think they're actually slightly ahead of the Mariners, and the Mariners are like six or seven ahead of the so, really?
0: I mean, as far as the heavy hitters in free agency, had the Rangers and then you have the Tigers. Like both of them are having horrifically disappointing years. So you know, throwing money at the problem isn't oh only no, yeah, they're, the they're
1: they're yeah, he's right, they're in second place, but they're two games under 500, and they're ten games
2: back. Oh boy, the Astros really haven't made (laughs) 43 wins. Damn. Wow, that's impressive.
0: there's another one. Here's an idea. Does he pull a Kevin Durant and go to the Astros? Can't beat him, <laughs> join him.
2: <laughs>
0: they have up. The, maybe that was part of the plan of not re-signing Correa and Springer.
2: It's like, wow, be. can you imagine him coming back to the Bronx, opposing them in the ALCS? That would be nuts. <laughs>
1: oh, that would be epic.
0: I don't, I just, I don't see it, but it, you know, it would be, these, all these scenarios would be frigging hilarious. Just like Russell Wilson saying he would be a, a Seahawk forever. But we'll get you out here on this one. Speaking of the Seahawks, football season is upon us and teams are holding the mini camps as we speak. Not much is being said about the Seahawks since Russell Wilson got out of Dodge and went to Denver. I mean, Drew Locke is there. They got Noah Fant. They got, they got pieces back for him. But what are your projections for the Seahawks this year? Are they going to have another top five pick? Or are they going to be able to compete for a playoff spot?
2: Well, Pete Carroll's been coaching the Hawks since 2010, and he's had three losing seasons, including his first two when they were seven and nine, and both years, and then last year when they went seven and 10. Uh, the first season was Hasselbeck's last season when he was on his last legs, and the second one featured uh, Tavares Jackson and Charlie Whitehurst at quarterback. Solid. Oh, so, well, I don't love where they're at at the QB position. I wouldn't be surprised at all if their QB is not yet on the roster as of today. Um... And I did love the way they drafted. I mean, they shored up the offensive line finally, now that Russell, who's been asking for it for years, is not longer there. Um, Kenneth Walker looks to be a powerful running back and they they got a couple of really nice defensive backs in Toby Bryant and uh, Tariq Woolen. And uh, the second round pick, Boyamafe, has been uh, compared to Cliff Averb like Pete Carroll. So, wow. Yeah, I, I expect the team to be competitive. Um, always compete, as Pete says. Uh, I think as far as uh, the end result, the more likely scenario has it seven to nine win range, it, you know, in that competing range, as uh, is Pete's mantra and uh, not reaching the playoffs or having a top five pick. They, they seem like they're really uh, pledged for the middle this year and uh, hopefully be able to get their quarterback in the future in uh, next year's draft, which is kind of stacked.
0: So is this, uh, is, if they do not succeed, is this Schneider and Carroll's final go around?
2: Oh, if they, I, I think that they have a commitment for at least a couple of years to try and, uh, try and do what they did uh, 10 years ago. Jody Allen, right now, the team's trying to, they're, they're going to probably be sold in a year or two. Um, and and Jody Allen is trying to maximize what she can get out of them. And I think she wants to get this built up, get one or two more years, get back in the playoffs. And uh, the fans still love Pete. Everyone still loves Pete. Everyone still trusts Pete. He's proven he can do it. He's not as old as he is, if that makes any sense. And uh, I don't think that they're going anywhere anytime soon unless something completely disastrous happens.
0: Very cool, very cool. Well, Joe Rush, thank you for coming on again, being a part of the in-crowd, brother. Thank you for joining us on the in-route. And if you want to join us on the in-route, hit us up, mail at gmail.com or slide in our DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast.com or at fadeout d n z on twitter and let us know why you should be on the in round. Joe Rush, thank you so much brother. And it's a pleasure yeah. and we'll definitely have you again soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. The Fade Store presents the alleged superstar of the week award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It is time for the alleged superstar of the week. We put up a poll on our Twitter account, at DNZ. and you vote. And you vote, and you vote, and you vote. The winner gets announced on this here show. And do you know who took home the ass last week?
1: I don't.
0: One Mr. Jack Del Rio. Oh, yeah. Well-deserved. Well, well, well-deserved. But that was last week. This is This Week. Who you got, D? Who are your nominees for Alleged Superstar of the Week? First
1: up, I've got the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Shohei Otani had two home runs along with eight RBIs, and you guys still managed to lose the game. I don't think he's going to stick around like Mike Trout did. Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, you are my Alleged Superstars of the Week. Next, the Colorado Avalanche talking shit to the Tampa Bay Lightning. While you're down 6-2 in their building, keep your mouth shut and keep skating. Do you see what they did to the New York Rangers last round? Don't talk any shit to this team until you're hoisting the Stanley Stanley Cup. Colorado Avalanche, you are my alleged superstars of the week. And last, and certainly least, Daniel Snyder launched a shadow investigation with the NFL to bury evidence of a toxic work environment? Come on, dude. You're supposed to be an owner. Daniel Snyder, you are my alleged superstar of the week. What do you got, Z?
0: I'm going to piggyback off of the Daniel Snyder thing with Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell going on saying he does not have the unilateral authority to get rid of Dan Snyder when he went before Congress in this special investigation Roger Goodell you do not have the authority to unilaterally get rid of one Mr. Snyder but you do possess the authority to call for a vote now it requires 24 out of 32 owners voting in the affirmative we don't know we don't maybe owners have had enough of his shit. Right? Dan Snyder is the marred shot of the NFL at this point. It's just bullshit after bullshit after bullshit after bullshit. And you have something you can do about it. Adam Silver, as much as we clown Adam Silver, Adam Silver was presented with the Donald Sterling thing and he acted. Rod Roger Goodell, you are a clown. You have the ability to do something. You're just not doing it. Roger Goodell, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Jose Siri. Who? Outfielder for the Houston Astros. Pimping your home run. Up by six. To the point where, not only were the Mets upset, but the Astros, your own teammates, were upset with you. Dusty Baker, after the game, was upset with you. And... You voice your displeasure with not being backed up by sending out an offensive tweet with a lot of foul language that was later deleted. Kid, that's not big league behavior. Don't pimp your home run when you're down, when you're up by six, and act like you've been there before. It wasn't your first major league homer. It did it wasn't a walk-off. This wasn't the World Series. It may be a World Series preview, but it's not the World Series. So act like you've been there before because you've been there before. Jose Siri, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, the Florida Panthers. Florida Panthers? Why Florida Panthers? Because they they hired Coach Paul Maurice. Nothing wrong with Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice is a fine coach. Carolina, Hartford, Winnipeg. The problem was Andrew Brunette, the interim coach, led the Panthers to what I like to call the best record in the NHL. Yes, they got bounced in. The, yes, they got bounced by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Who doesn't get bounced by the Tampa Bay Lightning these days? So Andrew Brunette deserved better than this. I believe he deserved this job, and you go and give it to Paul Maurice. Why? because he has more, air quote, experience. This team bought into the interim head coach. And, dare I say, they were successful. Florida Panthers, you are my alleged superstar of the week. I think we set said our piece. So, the Twitter poll goes up, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you vote, and for our nominees. Just do better, boys. Just do Your favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to the Fade Store with DNZ.com today for all your Fade Route merch needs. I'm talking tank tops, t shirts, sweatshirts, like yoga pants. We got those too. Like some cool accessories. We got those too. And we're not done yet. We have so much more planned for you. But check out what we have today at the Fade Store with DNZ.com. That's the Fade Store with DNZ.com. Order up! All right, boys and girls, it is time for us to order up. Order up, order up. This week, in honor of the NBA draft, we are ordering up the top five worst number one NBA draft picks. From five to one, who you got, there?
1: All right, first up, I got Greg Oden, 2007. Just a shame that his body betrayed him. Missed four seasons due to surgery played three seasons. He averaged eight points in 105 games. And by the way, he was taken over Kevin Durant. Uh, Number four, the Candyman, Michael Olocondi, 1998. The Candyman averaged 8.3 points and 6.8 rebounds in his first season. He was selected over Dirk Nowitzki, Vince Carter, and Paul Pierce. Number three, Kwame Brown. 2001. I felt bad for this guy because Jordan dogged him as soon as he got to the Washington Wizards. He averaged 6.8 points and 5.6 rebounds per game in his first season. This guy was looked at as a wonder coming straight out of high school. His ability to block the ball and just dominate inside. He was selected ahead of All-Stars, Pau Gasol, Joe Johnson, Jason Richardson, and Gilbert Arenas. Number two, Markel Fultz. Oh, man. 14 games in his first season 7.1 points per game by the 76ers in 2017 ultimately he was shipped out to Orlando where he made some starts the last couple of years so he's not number one worthy but he has he's still in the league so hey hats off to him number one, Anthony Bennett, 2013. I saw this guy airball a free throw, and I knew it was over. In 52 games with the Cleveland, Brown, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, he averaged 4.2 points. Z, what do you got, man?
0: I mean, he might want to try out for the Cleveland Browns. Like, I mean, he's got some air under the ball. Oh, you know, Baker may need a backup if Deshaun Watson, you know, I'm just saying. They did settle 20 of the 24 lawsuits. But, you know, uh, it is what it is. But for me, like I'm also, like you, I'm also looking at the players that were passed on. And some of these definitely, like, they make for a very interesting very interesting scenario. Andrew Bogut. Solid, right? Solid. Number five for me. Andrew Bogut. When you look at I know you don't like him. I know. Chris Paul. Chris Paul went number four to New Orleans that year. Darren Williams, solid player, went number three to Utah that year. You had You know, you had better players go later in this particular scenario, just within the top five alone. And Bogut didn't have a good enough career to justify going number one. Number four, Candyman. Same spot, Michael Old Candy. The Candyman. The Candyman. The Candyman could not. You had Mike Bibby, (laughs) Antoine Jameson, Vince Carter. Jason Williams, Dirk, Paul Pierce. Even, like, if you look at a guy like Tractor Trailer, right? Tractor Trailer was in this draft. He was pretty solid. And, you know, and just the Candyman did not do anything that resembled good. You know? If, even if you want to, you know... You just could not justify being the number one pick. And, you know, you're telling me the Clippers wouldn't want that one back? Um, I think they would. Number three, Kwame Brown. Like, you know, you feel bad for the guy, but eh, he just didn't do anything. Like, he was just a meh player. But if you look at that draft, you have Joe Johnson, Tyson Chandler, Paul Gasol, you had some guys that ended up having better careers, won championships, won championships, and you know what did Kwame Br- <laughs> Kwame Brown was the joke of the league until this man came in, Anthony Bennett in 2013. Right, let's look at let's look at this one, Oladipo number two. Could you imagine Victor Oladipo on that team? Pretty solid. Then you're looking at, you know, C.J. McCollum, went number 10? Michael Carter-Williams went 11. Michael Carter-Williams, I believe, uh, one of the little thing I like to call rookie of the year. And let's not forget, at 15, to the Milwaukee Bucks, one guy, a fella, really, by the name of Giannis Antetokounmpo, so, of course, in the redraft, Giannis goes number one to Cleveland. But Anthony Bennett gets to live in infamy. And for me, number one, Joe Smith, 1995. Uh, yeah, yeah. McDice number two. Stackhouse, number three. Rasheed Wallace, number four. Kevin Garnett, number five. David Stoudemire, number seven. Boss. Crazy good top ten. Then you look at stalwart NBA players, right? Kurt Thomas at 10, Gary Trent at 11, Corliss Williamson at 13, Brent Barry at 15, Bob Sura, you remember Bob Sura? 17, Theo Ratliff, you know, Michael Finley. Michael Finley went in that draft. Like, it, Go all the way down, Greg Ostertag. <laughs> like this, this draft was loaded, and Golden State decided to go with Joe Smith instead. So, you know, Joe Smith had a solid career, but compared to the guys that went behind him, like in the redraft, Kevin Garnett's going number one. If you if you know that he's playing 21 years in the NBA, because he's straight out of high school, you're damn right Kevin Garnett's going number one. But for that reason, Joe Smith, who I think ended up being on the Timberwolves with Kevin Garnett at some point joe smith for me is the number one on my list
1: this has been the fade route with Z. thanks for tuning in tonight catch our podcast on wednesday nights on the anchor spotify iHeartRadio, radio or wherever you listen to your podcast until next time stay faded everyone
0: time for us to run the go rap but we'll talk to you next week